Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast, episode 318, where tonight we'll talk a little bit about HBO Max's Peacemaker. Have some thoughts about the first three episodes that I've seen thus far. And also we'll have a general box office movie talk discussion, which most interestingly, in my own opinion, is the fact that even though Scream, Scream 5, has officially uh, taken the number one spot at the weekend box office from Spider-Man No Way Home, the first time a film has done that in over 30 days at this point, Scream lost to Spider-Man No Way Home yesterday. So, MLK, people went out of their way to go see Spider-Man No Way Home and not as much Scream 5. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Uh, the Valks are not going to be in the chat tonight because they are dealing with a variety of things. They're, they're okay, but they're dealing with a variety of things. But because of that, I'll be keeping an extra eye on you people in the chat. But anyway, hope you all uh, are having a wonderful week, a wonderful Tuesday. Please make sure you smash that like button if you're watching on YouTube and light up that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. Thunderduck, what's going on, good sir? Thank you for joining over on Odyssey. And let's say hello to the people who are in the chat tonight. We got Rome is falling. Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. Also, Mr. Roy, I saw you had that first comment in here, so thank you very much uh, for, for being here as always. We got Luca. What's going on, Luca? Welcome back. Thank you for being here, and thank you for being a member, and thank you for being a friend. Bifford the Hobbit tagged with the first question of the evening. Bifford the Hobbit, what's going on? He says, what are your thoughts on Virginia Governor Yunkin's order to end school mask mandates? Uh, it's the right decision. It is the only correct decision. That is a decision that should be in the hands of parents, and that's exactly what he is doing. Uh, I really wish that we, um, we had leadership like that uh, in our diocese. Um, we do have leadership like that in our state government, actually, because there have been laws and there have been orders that have been passed uh, that have put restrictions on mandates of a wide variety of sorts. Uh, unfortunately, when you're in a private school system, there aren't a lot of things that governors typically can do. But no, I think that Yunkin is, is right on with that, and I think he's probably going to make a lot of people very, very happy. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi, what is going on? Good sir, thank you for being in the chat. We got the new number two! What's going on, Dean Heist? Thanks for being here. GMonkey76, hail to you. I are a Darth Aggie. What's going on? Welcome back. Bruce. What's up, Bruce? How's it going, bruh? Fear of FEMA in the chat. What's going on? Crisco612 in the chat. Also with a tag and a question saying, any thoughts on turning red going to Disney Plus? Third Pixar movie in a row that this has happened to. Wow. Uh, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I, I... I, that's just my that's the first time I've heard about it because I I don't typically follow Disney news specifically because as you all know I, I have very specific thoughts about you know Disney in general but to me I think that is just yet another sign of why Disney just doesn't understand I think that that their mindset has to be I don't think it's a good one but their mindset and their justification for putting their Pixar films specifically for free on Disney plus I'm assuming that this is being put on Disney Plus for free. Um, the only justification I can think of is, well, hey, the Pixar films tend to do really well in theaters. And so, ipso facto, if we put them straight on Disney Plus, it'll drive more people to go see it at Disney Plus. The issue with that is that 
they're really not bringing a lot of new people to their platform. They've already got a, a sizable base of people who are subscribed, but they're not producing a lot of new content, whether it's it's films, whether it's shows that are being able to bring new people on. And I think what Disney Plus and, and Disney as a company in general is, is going to be realizing soon is when you run the model of being a, a family-friendly company and only offering family-friendly content to the such a degree that you are essentially isolating a lot of people that might actually be interested if you were to offer more variety or if you were to offer the ability to have access to other uh, properties. Like, I don't know why they haven't done some type of combination or some type of arrangement with Hulu, like in, a, in an official capacity. I mean, they, they own the vast majority of, of shares at Hulu. Um, I think that's how it, it's, it works right now. I don't think they outright own Hulu, but they have the vast majority, the, the, the mass, the, the, they're the uh, number one stakeholder in Hulu. So to me, it doesn't make any sense why they don't just, I mean, I don't know if they can just buy Hulu outright or because of the fact that they have a majority stake. I don't know, understand why they don't just say, hey, we're going to have like an official Disney plus Hulu merger of sorts and all of the more adults or more mature content that we have in our library through our various subsidiary companies. Because remember, Disney is a gigantic behemoth. So they've got 20th Century Fox properties. They've got 20th Century Studios now. They've been making films under a lot of other brands as well, right? Brands that they own. And there are a lot of different genres. There are a lot of different uh, you know, kinds of content and I think that they need to start realizing that they can't just be banking on kids or families with kids. They, I think they've already gotten as many of those as they possibly can. It's kind of like how they just did not understand when they took on Star Wars, right? Because the original idea, the, the original concept, the original justification for them taking Star Wars was, hey, we're known as the, the girl company, right? We're known as producing a lot of shows and content that appeal to younger girls, right? To, to children. And, and it skewed heavily female. So the original mindset was, oh, let's get Star Wars, which is very heavily skewed towards men, towards boys, and let's take that and be able to kind of, you know, corner the market. Of course, the big issue was that Kathleen Kennedy was the moron-in-chief behind the uh, process of, of bringing that forward and then decided, oh, you know what Star Wars needs? More women. You know what Star Wars needs? A, a female-centric story. And then not on... Not even just a female-centric story, but a female-centric story with no real story to boot. So I say that I think Disney at some point is going to realize that they need more variety of content. However, this is the same company that has been disappointing for countless days, for countless years. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me all that much. I think their mindset and justification is they think it's going to bring more people over because Pixar is like the best thing they've got. But... In the end, to me, all I see is, okay, we, we know how much these Pixar films cost, right? We're talking $100 million or more, like $1 to $200 million is, is the budget of these films that they're putting on Disney Plus for free. They're, they're not getting anything from the theatrical release because, again, they're just going straight to Disney Plus. And so the only real metric that they could possibly use would be to say new subscribers, the issue, though, is that it's so hard, and this is something that I mention all the time with HBO Max, right? People mention saying, hey, well, you know, HBO Max, it's bringing in like a billion dollars or so every single month based on how many subscribers they have and what the average cost is for 
their plan. The issue, though, is when we talk about box office, when we talk about specific films, we can talk about Warner Brothers, we can talk about HBO, right, as a company being solvent because of those numbers. But as far as an actual individual film is concerned, it's impossible to look at a day and date release, HBO Max and in theaters, and be able to say with any sense of surety, oh, X number of people subscribe to HBO Max for the first time specifically for this movie and only this movie. Or, you know, X amount of people kept their HBO Max subscription another month specifically because this movie and only this movie. Right. Typically, it's going to be, no, they signed up for the service and it happened to coincide with the release or they signed up for the service because they were like, hey, there's a few things I want to watch and this happens to be one of them. You can't really split the box office in all of those different ways because it's really, again, it's impossible to really say one way or the other, which is why box office metrics are still the most reliable uh, metric that, and I would say maybe physical media sales are really the only reliable metric to talk about the success of any given film right? The, the success of any given film. So yeah, that's what I have to say about it. A long answer to that, but I think that it's important to talk about because it kind of unveils and, and it, it kind of opens up a wound, as it were, of all the issues that are currently going on with Disney, whether it's Lucasfilm, whether it's Marvel, whether it, it's Pixar, right? I mean, and it's interesting because you look at a film like Luca, I've heard nothing but great things about Luca. And yet no one probably has heard of it, or most people haven't heard of it. And it was a straight-to-Disney uh, Plus service. How many people actually went to go watch Luca on Disney Plus specifically for Luca? I, I think you would be hard-pressed to be able to find any data or prove any point that that film made any money. So all I see on these Pixar films, these Disney animated films that they're putting onto their service for free are... Movies that they spent hundreds of millions of dollars on, and then that was it. You know, it's it's ridiculous. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Alice McCarthy says, Howdy, Odin, how's it going, House Thor? I'm here for a little bit. I have a 30-minute work shift and about an hour to get ready for. You have a 30-minute shift in an hour? Who works for 30 minutes? What, what, what do you talk, man? What do you talk? Anyway... Uh, thank you for being here, Alex McCarthy. Baby Thor is doing well. Uh, Keck44, what's going on? Minnesota hockey fan, thanks for being a member on the channel. Welcome back. We got Cody Guy in the chat. What's up, bruh? We got Slicer Neons in the chat. Hail to you. Uh, Evan Rawl, what is going on? Yeah, I have not seen the Moon Knight trailer. I I've heard positive things and positive reactions to it, but yeah, um... I wouldn't necessarily call anyone a seal. However, I would say if anyone honestly thinks that an MCU show at this point is going to deliver, based on the data, based on what we've gotten so far, you're fooling yourself. You're, you're fooling yourself. You know, fool me once, shame on me. Rather say, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You know, and I feel like we're in what? Fool me four times? Fool me five times? Depending on what fandom you're in. If you're just in the MCU, you're at like, what, four or five? And if you are a fan of the MCU or a fan of Marvel and, and Star Wars, etc., it's even more than that. I mean, how many shows are they going to put out and are they going to build up the hopes of people? How many people are actually going to allow their hopes to be built up before they, they start to learn that it, it's, just, it's just not going to happen until there is a new direction, until there is are new ideas and their ideas that are pro fan and fan first. I, I, I don't know what anyone is expecting at this point. 
Uh, Kili Chow, what's going on? Thank you for being here. Lucas says, we'll behave. We promise. Of Yeah, sure. Sure you will. Sure you will. Uh, Slicer, what's going on? Thank you for tagging me. And again, if you have a comment or question, whether you are watching on YouTube, DLive, Odyssey, or Twitter, please put at Odin like, like Slicer just did. At the very beginning of your comment, it lets me know you're trying to get my attention, and I can highlight the question and answer it, or the comment, whatever it might be. Slicer says, makes sense. A federal holiday means the whole family is off, and Spidey Guy is much more family-friendly than Scream 5. Yes, this is very true. However, Spidey, and let's go ahead and pull this metric up since you had mentioned it. So you said, it's a federal holiday. A lot of people are off. Yeah, but a lot of people still had work, too. For one, obviously, schools were off, and so a lot more family-friendly, a lot more... Uh, you know, kids are going to be much more interested in going to see, you know, a you know, Spider-Man or, you know, Sing 2. But here's the deal. We're talking about, in both those cases, Spider-Man No Way Home and Sing 2, films that have been out for 30 days versus a film in Scream that's only been out for four. So that point gets, gets you far, but it doesn't bring you all the way. <laughs> it can only take you so far before you have to realize, ooh, there is a bit of a, an issue there. So let's go ahead and bring this up. So as you can see, this is last, this is yesterday, right? So this is past Monday. Coming in at number one this past Monday for MLK. To no one's surprise, Spider-Man No Way Home, 32 days. Look at this number right here. 32 days. And it made $4.5 million. Versus Scream, which was out four days and also won the weekend, making $3.8 million. So it it, it won uh, pretty... Uh, pretty easily, or rather, uh, pretty clearly beat Scream 5. But also look at this metric right here, right? Because, you, you know, talk about kids as well. I mean, Sing 2, this this film, again, not nearly anywhere near where, where Spider-Man is, but this is a little film that, that could. You know, this is a film that finally broke even the other day after almost a month being out in theaters. You know, it's making uh, all net gains, net profits at this point. But even this film, not not too far off from Scream 5, which, again, only out for four days. So I know that Scream 5 has a fan base. I know that Scream has a fan base. I know that there are people that have gotten so triggered by my comments about, about Scream. And here's the thing. If you like Scream, I got no problem with you. I got none whatsoever. However, you're not going to make people and convince people that, that your franchise is, is really anything worth continuing. You might have had number one this weekend, but yeah, you're up against Spider-Man no Way Home, after 32 days. You're up against Sing 2, out for 27 days. And then you're out against Flops, 355, The King's Man, out for 27 days. So, you would be expected at this point, Scream. You would be expected to win the weekend. But even though you've won the weekend, when you look at the Scream franchise, it's just not a profitable franchise. And by profitable, I don't mean that it's losing money. Right, because I've already said that there's a very good chance that this film is going to have broken even by the end of next weekend because these films are made on such low budget. This Scream 5 was made for $24 million. The issue is that if you look at total box office revenue for all their films, it's incredibly small when you compare it to even, uh, you know, not necessarily MCU films, but even one-off films or more modern uh more modern hits, like like the John Wick franchise, for instance, you know? It just it's just such a small niche audience. I don't get it. They're very passionate though. I will give the Scream fans that. They are a very passionate bunch. 
and they do uh, they do annoy me. <laughs> but they're passion. I will at least give them that. Uh, let's head over to Odyssey. Uh, the R. Thank you very much for the five dollar <laughs> hyper chat donation over on Odyssey. And thank you to the people watching over there. He says, "Hail Odin and hail to the duck." Talking to Thunderduck over there. Thank you for being over there. The R, I appreciate it. And yeah, light up that fire button if you're watching. And again, if you're on Odyssey or wherever you are, put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. Forever Sci-Fi has this to say, no mods. Who's getting the keg? Now, now, let's not have any crazy parties without the mods present, please. Thank you. Let's not have any of that. Matthew Highland, what is going on? Reaper, 0878. He tagged to say, I'm curious as to what steelbooks up for pre-order you would recommend to buy besides Eternals, which I wish you would just stop gushing over. I know, right? I just can't stop gushing over uh, the Eternals. So as far as uh, steelbooks that are newly released, uh, it is, I like the steelbook. I think it looks nice. However, uh, Dune, the newest Dune from 2021, uh, I don't know. There's they could have done so much more with this. There was this string of films that were being released that all had plastic slipcovers, like the Steelbooks had slipcovers, and they were gorgeous. They were beautiful. And uh, for some reason, I don't know if it's a studio specific thing or if Best Buy just just decided to stop because of cost or whatever. I don't know. But uh, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily suggest the Dune Steelbook just based on design. One film I'm very excited about that's not a steelbook, uh, but I did just get it on 4K. I have not yet seen this film. This is one of the first, or rather, one of the rare times I ever do a blind buy, meaning I, I buy a film that I've never seen before, and it's a newer film. It's one thing if it's an older film or a classic film, right? A film that everyone talks about saying, you gotta watch this at some point, you gotta see it. This is a film from last year. It was one of my most anticipated films, and I didn't get to see it because it was only in theaters for like a hiccup, like very short time. And uh, and unfortunately, I was not able to watch it. However, Tina, Empress of the Universe, loved this movie. It was one of her favorites, if not her favorite film of last year. And you all know, if you know the Empress of the Universe, she has a pretty high standard when it comes to films. So, with that being said, I did finally get this, and this just came out today, actually, and that was Last Night in Soho. Oh, Last Night in Soho. On 4K, I'm so excited for this uh, to see it because uh, again, this was I was so anticipating this film. Anya Taylor Joy is just a phenomenal actress. Also, uh, Thomas and McKenzie, uh, who is the other lead in this film, she's great too. If you've never seen her in anything, I recommend. Um, oh my goodness, uh, she was in a film with it was with Ben Foster. Leave No Trace. If you've never seen Leave No Trace, Ben Foster, Thomas and McKenzie. Highly, highly recommend it. If that doesn't sell you on uh, her acting chops, and that was several years ago, so she was a lot younger. Um, I don't, I don't know what else will. So, like having her and Anya Taylor Joy in a film, I was like, oh, this, this is gonna be an acting showcase. This is gonna be phenomenal. So, I'm very, very excited to to see that. I've heard a lot of good things about it as well. I mean, this is an Edgar Wright film uh, for anyone who's a fan of him. Um, so, yeah, very, very excited. Uh, yeah, Baby Driver and tons of other films that he has done. So as far as the steelbooks are concerned, let me see if I can pull up because uh, I, I don't always check the Best Buy steelbooks. I typically wait like every week or two. I will like search just steelbook and then try and see if there's any pre-orders that are available. Uh, let's see. What do we got? Well, <laughs> you can get Scream 5 pre-ordered on, uh, on steelbook. 
So you, you could get that. Uh, let's see, Requiem for a Dream. It looks like that's currently available. It's got the plastic slipcover. So if you're looking for, if you've, I've never actually seen Requiem for a Dream. I've heard good things. I've also heard that it'd probably be a film that I personally would hate. Um, but it's one that has a plastic slipcover, which I just, having having even just one of those films, I just, to me, it's like I, I'd, I'd want to buy any film with a plastic slipcover just to get that. Because that's how much I like it. That's how much I think it should be a standard at this point in time. Uh, another film, I uh, I believe I, I've... I don't know if I pre-ordered this officially yet or not. But The Green Mile is coming out on 4K Steelbook. So that's pretty cool. Uh, there are also a lot of classic monster films that are currently available. Like Dracula, The Wolfman. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if there's any other films that have not yet been released. Uh, oh, Hurt Locker. I actually really like Hurt Locker. Catherine Bigelow. Um, I, I thought it was very powerful. Uh, Jeremy Renner movie. I thought he gave a great performance in it. Uh, that's like 20 bucks, 4k Steelbook. So that's uh first time that's coming out. Um, let's see any other, any others that are not yet released or available for pre-order. Hmm. Not seeing any that are popping up right off the bat, but yeah, I've, I haven't doubled. I haven't checked that in, in a little while. So I'm sure there are films. I'm sure there are some films that are worth getting. One thing I will say, and I mentioned this on uh, the podcast I just did with OM, the OMB podcast that I do with John the Flickpick Flickinger. Um, if you want access to that, Keeper of the Bifrost level and above on YouTube, Patreon, subscribe, star on Locals. Uh, we have a lot of fun. We, we talked for almost an hour. And one of the things I talked about on both his podcast and then my episode that we do after uh, was how I'm days away from finally actually uh, purchasing a legit 4k tv so for those that don't know as much as i'm into the 4k game and everything like that most of what i've been able to see has been through what i like to call fake 4k so i have a high sense i think it's like an h8 or something it was one of the first low budget uh 4k like one of the first budget range 4k tvs that came out um like over five like it has to be like maybe seven years ago, like five to seven years ago was before I got married. So, uh, by the way, thank you all for understanding, not having, uh, the stream this past Saturday, it was actually five year anniversary. Uh, so we were, we went out to dinner. It was very nice. Um, but anyway, thank you all for, for understanding with that. So yeah, it was, I have, I've had that TV since before I was married. So it's been about maybe six or seven years since I've had that TV. <laughs> And uh, so, again, a lot's happened in that time frame as well, right? Six or, seven, six or seven years doesn't sound like a whole lot, but in the in the realm of tech, that's an eternity. So, so much has happened. There, there's now so much better so much better quality 4K TVs that are available for, like, dirt cheap now. I mean, you can get, like, there's now TCL and Vizio that, that are, like, actually really, really good uh, budget-level 4K TVs. But I'm finally, I've been saving up, and so I'm finally going to be able to get a LG OLED and I'm looking right now I'm I'm pretty much confirmed on this but the LG OLED uh the LG C1 uh 55 inch so I'm very very excited because I've just never really experienced real 4K before in in my home in my home theater so I'm very very excited by that and so you know, obviously my 4Ks are going to be coming out to play a lot more because of that very reason. And uh, speaking of that, if anyone is like an expert on 4K technology or anything like that, if I'm going the wrong direction here, because John Flickinger swears by by the LG OLEDs, 
So he's the one that really said, get the C1. It's going to it's gonna give you like the, the best overall, you know, picture, etc. Let me know if there is, make an argument if you think there is a better one out there. And I'll listen. Just make sure you tag at Odin at the very beginning. Uh, let's see. Jason Ebenstein, welcome. Uh, General Wingster, thanks for tagging. Says here, I emerged from my parents' basement the other day, <laughs> looking like Robin Williams from Jumanji, shouting, what year is it? But enough about my video game addiction. Odin, how was your holiday? <laughs> very, very nice. Speaking of Jumanji, I am so upset. I just picked these up. I have two copies of this. One was uh, one was for my collection, and one was to uh, to give give away at some point. And it's the Jumanji Steelbook, and it's actually a really cool looking Steelbook. Here's the issue: this is how this is how it got delivered. Look at that! Look at that! It's barely holding itself together. So I gotta find time, probably this weekend, to go to a Best Buy and be like, "Bro, what what is this?" And hopefully they're able to replace it. I don't know if they will. I don't know if they'll have it in stock. I haven't actually had time to actually like actually think that through and and check the stock levels and everything. But it's just it's awful. It's awful. It makes me very sad. Uh, Wayward Noodle, what's going on? Uh, Matt R, what is going on? Thanks for being here. Angela Guidolin, what's going on, Angela? Thank you for being here. General Wingster, tagged. To say here, also, Microsoft announced today they bought Activision for nearly $70 billion. So that happened. Dang. $70 billion. Well, I hope it's worth the investment for them. Bill Gates continues to own more of the world. That would be my uh, that would be my biggest concern. Because I'm not much of a gamer, right? So for me, gaming, you know, I'll I I play some Nintendo Switch games. I I try and play when I can. I played through the Spider-Man game on, on PS4. That was a lot of fun. Um, but I'm a very casual, very, very casual gamer. So my bigger concern with that is Microsoft just continuing to put its tentacles in all of these different arenas and um, the kind of product that they'll put forward. I don't know if Activision's been putting forth good content or not, because, again, that's that's kind of beyond my scope. But, yeah, that would be my concern there. Matt, R, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad to hear it's sounding okay. Um, yeah, glad, glad to hear it. I was... I've been having some level issues and I've had to like, you know, play around with my board a little bit, but I think, I think I finally got it in a sweet spot, but we'll see. Uh, Biver to Hobbit, he tagged to say, Frost on Friday Night Tights made me LOL. Yeah, it was pretty funny. And uh, I, I'm still laughing too. And it's, it's great to see it in the comment section on the uh, video that was put on, on Nerdrotic Daily. Subscribe to that channel. Perry Chan is a legend. And it's when she started. It's when Frost uh, came on uh, the show, as it were. You know, Chrissy Meyer, you know, doing doing a great job there. And I it's funny because so many people were like, you know, when Odin entered, that was the, the like that was my favorite part. And I was it was funny because literally when I entered the room, right, when I entered the backstage, for those that don't know, like right, you, you wait in the backstage and then you wait to be let in. Uh, you know, there's a little private messaging saying, Oh yeah, I'm here. And so, you know, obviously Gary's not always paying attention to that. And so I think now uh, Quarter Black is actually in charge of that. So that's <laughs> probably why I got put in at the exact right moment because he's a legend. So I was I entered the backstage as soon as she was let in as Frost. And so I was just waiting for maybe like 20 seconds or so before like I got put into the show. Like as soon because as soon as she as soon as she said, you know, Odin, I was like, I'm not even in yet. What's going on? And then sure enough, I get dragged in. And so like I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is ridiculous. So I'm glad it worked out, but it actually was uh very much 
authentic in its timing. There was not any planning <laughs> to that timing, which just makes it that much more fun. Like to the point where even I continue to have fun just looking back at that moment. Let's see. Jason says, uh, saying that Kathleen Kennedy is a morning chief is an underestimate is the understatement rather of the year. Yes. Many would agree with that. Grim in future. What's going on, bro? Matthew Highland tagged to say the King's man. He saw it. He gave it a six out of 10. Yeah. Uh, John Flickinger did not like it at all. He, he was like, Ugh, it was not very good. I'm sad because the original trailers, the initial trailers actually had me pretty excited for it. I was like, oh, this is going to be much more original and it's going to be maybe different enough from the other two Kingsman films to, to hold my interest. And unfortunately, uh, the last trailer is what kind of like made me go like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch it anymore because they added this weird voiceover. That was clearly not of of the same universe, or at least it seemed do- so disconnected. It's like someone was randomly hired to do more of a, like a zany, wacky voiceover for the film, for the trailer, and it was ah, it was bizarre. Made me not want to go see it. And ah, at least looking at the box office, I guess that's the right decision. It's only made is it eight million. No, sorry, that's 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 the three five five. It's a whole other story. Kingsman's made twenty nine million dollars domestically. 92.8. Will it break 100 million? I think it might. That's worldwide. <laughs> so not not a very good look. Not a very good look. Let's see. Forever Sci-Fi says, I think Disney thinks they can be Nintendo. But it works for Nintendo because their audience doesn't age out of gaming. Doesn't work the same for kids shows. No. No, it doesn't. And, um, and that's just the thing is that if Disney knew and understood how to get all of the age groups in... They would be trying to push for not just new content for the new generation of kids, but they would also be trying to really sell their back catalog. You know, one of the only positive things that I can say about Disney Plus as a service is that there are a lot of classic things that I grew up with that are available. So not just the variety of Disney animated films from when I was a kid, but even like the Disney Channel movies. I mean, films like Brink being on there, Luck of the Irish being on there, Under Wraps, you know, anyone who's who grew up with those Disney Channel movies knows exactly what I'm talking about, right, I'm a late 80s kid, you know, I'm an 88 kid, and so I grew up with those films, so that is to me one of their better selling points for people of, of my generation, but if that's, the, here's the thing, if that's the best selling point you have, th- that that's nothing, Again, that's cool and all. That's great. I love that stuff. But once you watch it all again, you need to have something else to hold you on and to hold you there. Because eventually you're going to be like, okay, I can't just watch the same films all over again. There needs to be new content. And they have not figured out how to how to try and go after various age groups and, and various demographics. And I don't think they ever will based on their track record and all the other stuff uh ray ron what's going on let's see whoever sci-fi who is a member says i didn't see anything in moon knight that made me uh want to watch yeah again i haven't i haven't seen the trailer so i can't speak for myself but i do know i've seen a lot of positive uh comments made towards it in the online sphere amongst the, the community as mccarthy says i'm at home i'm at a home call center rep and we have to work Pick what times to work in each interval is 30 minutes long. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. 
Uh, let's see. Roman's Falling says, I was wondering why Friday Night Tice doesn't shout out small channels to help them get to a thousand subs anymore. Not that you have to. I just like that about Friday Night Tice. Yeah, it's not something that's been abandoned uh, altogether. I think it's more so there's just been so many things going on, like trying to get things more organized and everything. So that's kind of one of the, the things that... We, we've been trying to have our focus really be much more on on the guest because that's something that sometimes gets away from us, you know, because we all, you know, there's a lot of strong personalities. I'm not one of the stronger personalities. You know, that's why I'm typically in the back and I don't like to talk over people unless it's a subject I'm really passionate about. Um, and, and even then, it's like I, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. So I think like the biggest thing we've been trying to do, especially since there are a number of us on the panel, is to try and, and do the best we can to to be more aware, to be more cognizant of the guests that we have on. And so because of that, some of the other things that we did kind of has fallen by the wayside. So that's not something that's been fully abandoned to, to, to my knowledge. Um, I think it's more so we, we haven't because we've been trying to focus on, you know, we've been trying to focus on other things and still struggling. So it's like we're still struggling to do those things, you know, let alone, uh, you know, things like uh, shouting out those channels. Because I agree that that was also a really great thing. Uh, Nathan Slay, good evening to you, good sir. Thank you for being here. Uh, General Wingster says, wait, Steph and Tina aren't coming. Well, then, who am I supposed to talk to? Each other? There's there's friends here. Uh, Hardwick says, the hover Vespa chase scene in the Book of Boba Fett is just begging to be, re- uh, to be, begging to be rescored with Yakety Sax. Oh, oh, there's so many songs uh, yeah, I mean, just actually, you know what? That song I just did wouldn't even work because that's too fast. <laughs> that's too fast paced a song. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work because it's too fast paced. It's ridiculous. Oh, man, that's that scene. I was talking about it with John and I was like, I, I'm it didn't take me until yesterday when we were recording our podcast for me to realize just how slow that chasing was because there were so many other problems going on the speed. I didn't even process the speed of the chase because there were so many other things that I was like, Oh, what the heck is going on? What in the world? Like with visual effects and CG, just so many, so many problems. And then all of a sudden I was like, you're right. It was actually one of the slowest quote, quote chase scenes that wasn't being slow for comedy's sake that I've ever seen, or at least I've seen in a long time. It's Oh man. Yes. I agree. All right, let's head over to Odyssey. Thunderduck says, happy and really the court ruled in your favor. Uh, Moon Knight might be great, though all other shows were not. I get your point, but thanks, Superman and Lois. Nobody thought this was going to be good, and it was great. I'm cautiously excited judging by the trailer. Besides, I think that the big issue or the, the big difference is that uh, with Disney+, Plus, we really haven't had anything of note like from the very beginning that that, that has held the test of time or that that is held over. If you think about CW, um, you know, CW Arrowverse, especially early on arrow was a really good show. Early on flash was a really good show. So there were good things to go back to there. And so I think having a show like Superman and Lois be good is not as surprising because there were good DC properties that were put out on the CW. Now, obviously all of the CW properties went to crap after the fact, right down the line. But there were good seasons. There were good. There were good years. So it doesn't surprise me that there is a good one that came out after the fact, eventually, in Superman and Lois. 
there isn't the same type of going back and saying, oh, remember this and remember that with Disney Plus or with the Disney Plus MCU shows. There, there really isn't any of that. So I, I would I would disagree with with that assessment. However, again, if you're excited, hey, be excited. I don't want to take away I don't want to take away any, anything from you. Um, but I, I'm just gonna say I think we have been fooled so much now. It's just not worth getting hopes up. That's what I would say. Daniel T, what's up? He says, I'm surprised the Israeli jab chief admitted to mistakes with handling COVID. Problems with the jab called for ending Green Pass. How long till other governments and MSM man up and admit the same? Well, that's just the thing is that you would, it requires people with principles. And in Israel, though, I think there's been a lot of just nonsense and mistakes going on over there. I think that at the one one thing that I, I think I can still say are there are at least people over there in in charge or people in acad- academia, et cetera, that have principle, that are, you know, that actually have an influence. I can't think of the same thing in our government. There are no real people in power or positions of power that have any sense of principle. So I, I just don't see that ever happening. I wish that it would. I wish that they would stand up. You know, I hell, I just want... Dr. Anthony Fauci to debate anyone of competence because it wouldn't last very long. <laughs> it wouldn't work very well for him, but that's what I want to see. So uh, my hope is, is that at some point, someone else with common sense takes over, whether, you know, it takes over the Senate, takes over the house. And again, it's not, to me, it's not a Republican or Democrat issue at this point. It's, are you an authoritarian, which can be either party, or are you a limited government liberty loving person? And unless you're a limited government, liberty-loving person, I, I, I don't really want to have anything to do with you, whether you have an R or a D or an I or anything else next to your name. Even a libertarian, like even an L next to your name, right? Because um, it's not like the Libertarian Party is, is th- that great either, right? So to me, it's all about are you for liberty and are, for, are you for individual choice or are you, a th- are you an authoritarian? So my hope is that at some point the authoritarians lose and people get in charge and to me, not only should Anthony, not only should Dr. Anthony Fauci be put on trial, not only should he spend time in jail, but to me, if they think, oh, he's too old or we want to let him off, I would say, okay, I would agree to those terms. I would agree to allow him to retire gracefully only, and only one condition has to be fulfilled. He has to do six to 12 months of Sunday shows. You know how he loves his Sunday shows, how he loves to be on TV. He I would have to do, this would be my sentence, six to 12 months of Sunday shows where you have people like Dr. Peter McCullough, you've got people like Doc, Dr. Robert Malone, you have uh, you know Robert F. Kennedy, you have all these people coming on, and he has to stand next to them, and he has to explain how he is is right while they tear him apart. That would be my sentence. Anyway... Just, just had to, just had to put that out there. Uh, let's see. Daniel T says it really ticks me off that Daredevil got canned due to Disney Plus shenanigans. We will probably only get to see the neutered Disney field versions of Kingpin and Daredevil for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I, I agree. It really is sad, and it is definitely something that I think deserves to be. Uh, it's something that deserves to be criticized. And it's something that hopefully changes at one point, but we'll have to wait and see. 
Thunderduck then says, oh, sorry, Daniel T. One good thing about the Miss Marvel TV show catering to a certain religious audience is that they can't make a character they can't make characters a specific sexual sexuality or risk angering that religious group. And that to me is the biggest problem with Disney Plus, though. And the problem with catering to the woke mob is that at some point you're gonna offend somebody, right? At some point, if you keep on kowtowing and if you keep on bending your knee to the mob eventually they're going to eat you alive because you're not woke enough. So to me, Kamala Khan as a character is just, it, it's just something that one is already a disaster on its face. When you ask a lot of comic book fans, just based on the fact that it's never taken off as a comic uh, based on reports, but also even if you did find a, a small niche audience of, of people who are, are woke and want those kind of stories being told, Eventually, they're going to say, oh, now do this, now do that, and you're never going to be able to fulfill those expectations. You're never going to be able to please that audience completely, you know? All right, Dana T then says, National Popcorn Day is tomorrow. Will you try popcorn as a topping on pizza? Ah, I've seen it. Not my thing. Not not my thing. It's it's definitely a lot better than pineapple on pizza. I can say that much. <laughs> I can definitely at least say that much. All right, Sir Poop is Cuber. What's going on? How are humans and other quitters? What's going on, good sir? All right, back over to YouTube. Alejandro's uh, opinion is better, it says. It says, just finished watching season two of The Witcher. What a letdown amount of dumb down of such a complex story. It's just sad. I still can't get over Yen betraying Siri and uh, Ez- Ezquil's death. Ezquil's? Ezquil's? I don't remember the character of Ezquil. Um, maybe I'm just misremembering that. I-, I didn't hate it. I, I did not hate it. Now, again, this is someone who has not read the books, has not played the games, going in completely blind. So this this is my only understanding of the character of the Witcher is, is from what I've seen in the show. And I, I watched it once. Right? I watched the first season by myself, watched the second season by myself. My wife was interested in it and heard a lot of things from, from her friends. And so I like, hey, I'll watch it again. So I rewatched season one, made a lot more sense second time through because <laughs> I was like, okay, there's going to be some time jumps and I need to pay attention to some of this stuff. Uh, and then I watched the second season. We just finished the second season the other day. Uh, so about, it was my second time watching through that. And to be honest, I don't mind it. I don't hate it. I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying it's groundbreaking. I'm not saying that it's my favorite show of all time, but I like it. I find it entertaining. That is that is my subjective view. Uh, Luca, who is a member, says, The Activision Blizzard, I had to prove the stereotype that we Slavs can't handle the definite article. <laughs> that was actually good. Uh, Nathan Slay, I just finished watching a really intense film, Scorsese's Cape Fear. If you haven't watched it yet, I highly recommend it. It's probably Scorsese's most underrated film. Yeah, I've always heard great things about Cape Fear. Um, always been on, on, on my list of films that I need to watch at some point. Cause Scorsese is a filmmaker. Someone I want to see all the films that he's ever done. There's a lot of films from him that I have not seen. Um, so that is definitely one of my lists. Robert Frey, what is going on? Hardwick in the chat. Hail to Hardwick. He says, have you watched Togo yet? I've not watched Togo yet. Have not watched it. Let's see. Daniel Thorne over on DLive. What's going on, DLive fam? Daniel Thorne says, will you be checking out the black and white version of Nightmare Alley called Nightmare Alley, Vision in the Darkness and Light? Well, I haven't even seen the original, so I'm going to say no, uh, but that's only because I haven't seen the original yet. Nathan Slay tagged to say, speaking of Edgar Wright, what do you think of Baby Driver? I love it so much. I love it too. I think it's fantastic. The score, or rather the soundtrack, more accurately, the soundtrack is, is phenomenal. 
I, I love, I love the soundtrack to Baby Driver. It really is great. Uh, let us see. Graft Anchor 98, what's going on? Uh, here's the thing. Why, how, how and why would there be a director's cut when there's already a part two? <laughs> there's going to be a part two coming out. I don't think that there is one. Uh, in fact, I don't even think there's that much additional footage. I haven't, at least, I haven't heard of any additional footage, at least. Uh, Hardwick says, I watched the Moon Knight trailer. It looks good. It has the dark and serious tone of the Netflix Marvel shows, but the show's writers have a bad track record, and it's still a Disney Plus MCU show, which has the worst track record of them all. River the Hobbit says here, Requiem for a Dream got mad nudity. Yep. And that is the reason why a lot of people who know me say, yeah, probably not your type of film. So, <laughs> Orange Eye Reviews, what's going on, man? Says, hey, hello. Speaking of Scream 5, just mentioned in a Bounding into Comics article concerning that movie. Oh, you just got mentioned. Congratulations, bro. Yeah, they're good people over there. They're good people. All right, Mr. Roy. He is my physical media brother. He is another great resource if, if you're into physical media. Uh, he says, RoboCop Steelbook is available for pre-order. Nice. Very, very cool. I, I've never been the biggest of RoboCop fans. Not to say that I don't like it. It's just, I, it's a, it's a film I haven't seen in a very long time. And so my knowledge is incredibly fuzzy. I feel like if I were to watch it now, especially as, you know, as an adult who, who cares a lot more about different aspects of the filmmaking process and also the story, I, I think that I would appreciate it a lot more nowadays. So maybe that, that'd be one to get. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, Wayne's World is coming out with a steelbook next month for its 30th anniversary. Really? Wayne's World? Wayne's World party on! Dang. Never thought I'd get a 4K steelbook. I mean, that's the thing, is that I'm assuming it's going to be on 4K steelbook, because that's the most common one now, but Wayne's World's not really the type of film you think, oh yeah, let's get a 4K cut of this film. Especially when you think about all of the catalog titles that have not ever been released, even on Blu-ray. Let's see, Geek Truth says, The Green Mile Hurt Locker are getting 4K Steelbook releases next month. Yeah, I mentioned uh, both of those, actually. G-Monkey, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, fake 4K, says Robert Frey. It depends on the film. Uh, so anything that's a catalog title is going to be, uh, most likely, it's going to be true 4K. Anything that was shot on film is going to have a, a legit 4K transfer for the most part. Obviously, there's exceptions, but for the most part, you'll get legit 4K transfers. Anything that was re- that was filmed on digital is likely to be a 2K um, a 2K render that's been upscaled to 4K, most likely. So, uh, yeah. Let us see. Uh, there's Laura. Laura, the modern major general of the channel. Says, we don't talk about Bruno. Uh, thank you for being here. Says, come home to find the 80-plus-year-old mother-in-law on the phone with Chad from Microsoft who is trying to get her bank info. I'm just going to be listening today. Oh, no, Laura. <laughs> I'm glad that you got home in time. Yeah, you know, you watch. Uh, there's great videos of of people scamming the scammers, and they're always hilarious. But, oh, that's. I'm glad that you got home. I'm glad that you got home in time to stop that. Uh, just another red shirt. I saw you. Hail. <laughs> 55 inches. Clearly not a man with that size. Now, yeah, see? Well, my current my current TV is a 50 inch. So, uh, again, uh, John Flickinger, he, John told me, he's like, you got to go with the 65 inch. And I'm like, yeah, but when you get to, when you get up to brass tacks with, with, with tax, 
it's going to be like over $2,000. It's like, no, I, no, no, no. I can't justify. I can't justify. It's already, it's already for me. It's like, I've saved enough for the 55 inch, uh, model. And again, my current TV is 50 inch. I, I like the size of, of the current TV that I have. It's just not legit, you know, 4k, you know, or rather it's, it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not a legit 4k film really. So, um, or sorry, not a legit 4k television. So I, I for me, it's like, okay, I'm going to get a lar- it's going to be a larger TV. It's going to be a higher picture picture quality. There's seven plus. There's seven years or so of advancements from from the last time I got my TV, and it's actually a, a higher model overall, and from a you know more reputable company. Uh, I got. I think that I think I'm going to be blown away. That's my expectation. Is I'm going to be blown away by it. Uh, let's see. G Man tag to say, what are your thoughts on projectors? Worth it or modern TVs better? It depends. I mean, to me, a projector is only from what I've seen, a projector can only really be worth it if you get a really expensive projector and you have an actual, like, legit, not home theater setup, but, like, a home theater. Like, if you're, like, trying to turn your house into a very small theater space, um, even if it's just for a few people, then I could see a projector being worth it, but you would have to spend and get like a high, like to me, a projector can only ever be worth it. If you get like the best model available, like we're talking close to theater movie theater grade level projector, which again, in insane degree of expense there. So I would say you're much better off getting a television because they're a lot cheaper. There are so many great values, uh, as far as, uh, what you get for how much you pay now. Like, it's just insane what you can get now for very little money uh, in comparison to just about six or seven years ago when it comes to 4K televisions. So I would say, yeah, I would say stick with a TV unless unless you hit the jackpot and you have like mass amounts of money that you have to be able just to, you know, throw out there. I, I don't think projectors are personally worth it because the whole concept is, oh, well, it can be a bigger size, right, overall. But... I, anytime I ever see any images of a projector on a wall, I'm just okay. It's a larger size, but it, it just doesn't it doesn't look anything close to a movie theater screen. And the television screen has always just been able to, at least at this point, for the price, um, capture it just a little bit better. At least that's just my own uh, thought here. Let's see, Beverly Hobbit says 55 inches TV is too small. You need 75 inch TV again. I, I'm dealing with the 50-inch TV already. So, the 55-inch TV is more than enough TV for me. And there's no way I could ever afford the 75 <laughs> it would take It would take years to be able to afford the 75-inch. And by that point, uh, you know, it, w- it wouldn't even be available at that point. You know, we're going to be moving on to 8K nonsense and everything. So, uh, Robert Frey, 120... Do they even make 120-inch 100, TVs? I know that, like... The LG C1 I uh, that I'm planning to get, I know that that goes up to like 83 inches. 120, that can't be, is that even real? And if it is, damn, dude, you must be loaded. Uh, Daniel Thorne tagged to say, can we get a Yahoo in celebration of the court win, even though the healthcare workers will still have to suffer? Yeah, so definitely thoughts and prayers out to the healthcare workers uh, that were not able to get a win. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, very, very happy. It, it was like, I, I was talking to a coworker today and I was like, eh, it's nice nice to enjoy some freedom for, for a change. Because literally for, you know, since two days before Christmas when we were told, yeah, two days before Christmas, we were told, by the way, we're implementing this mandate, even though we 
should stand out our principle, etc. It's just, oh, I could, there's a whole rant I could go on about, about that nonsense. But anyway, it felt like the sword of Damocles was hanging over our heads. And so just to go into the week, not having to worry about any of that nonsense, it's just, it's so nice. So yeah, my, my, uh, my mind, my heart and minds, my mind and heart go out very much to healthcare workers who are in any way struggling because of, you know, their choice, um, for whatever their choice or for whatever reason their choice might be, um, to not get a certain procedure or for medical or health or religious reasons. It, it just, it's sad that they're going to have to deal with it. So my, my only hope is that there is, there are continued challenges because remember, this was just a ruling to allow the, to allow, to allow the enforcement of the mandate to go into effect. It has, the court has not ruled on the merits at this point. Now they've indicated that how they would vote on the merits of the case. However, because it was such a close in that case, it was such a close decision at five, four. I think that there, there's a, there's still an outside chance that they might be able to fight it, but it's, it's going to be a long battle. I think. All right. Heading back over to the Odyssey fam. Let's see. Thunderduck says, I don't trust Disney plus, And I know we were fooled, but Superman Lois was such a surprise. It might just happen here. I just hope for it. I got nothing to lose. And maybe we get lucky if it's deep. Again, Thunderduck. Again, I understand. And I'm glad that you're hopeful. But the comparison is not a good one. Because there at least were really good things in the CW DC shows in the early seasons of film, uh, early seasons of the series like Arrow and The Flash, and even a couple of the others, there there is not the same comparison that can be made at Disney Plus. You know, obviously anything can happen, right? It's kind of just you know law of prob- probability. Anything can happen, but does it mean that it's going to happen or that it's probable to happen? At this point, I think. To get your hope up, get any hope up whatsoever for a, a an MCU Marvel show on Disney Plus to be good is a fool's errand. Now, I hope it's good, or I hope at the very least, and here's the, here's the other thing. I hope at the very least you enjoy it. I do. I really, really do. And don't let anyone else tell you what you enjoy or don't enjoy. Because that's a purely subjective thing, and no one can truly control that. But again, the comparison is not a is not a good one. I just I have to point that out. Uh, Daniel T says, uh, "Eck getting her own show is the reason why Disney can't stop being Disney. Kingpin can come back. Comic book characters never really die. You know, with the how big how big Kingpin is in the comic, he probably stopped and picked up the new car and threw it away. Well, that's the other thing too is that they are they already kind of like stepped. You know, by the way, I." I I just realized that that was not a comment directed towards me. Um, but one of the things that that show did right at the very end of Hawkeye, for those who don't know what we're talking about, is they don't show him get shot. The The camera fades up and then you hear a bullet. So my guess is the beginning of Echo is going to pick up with that scene and it's going to be Echo shooting past him. And then there's going to be some whole thing, you know. So it's not even that he's going to come back. It's that he, he probably wasn't even ever killed in the first place. You know, that that's the whole thing they're going to do with that. So if I had to make, if I had to take a guess. All right, back over to my YouTube fam. Mr. Roy says, LGC2 will be coming out soon. You should be able to catch the C1 TVs for sale very soon. Yeah, uh, John mentioned that. 
All right, John mentioned that the other day. But it's like, I feel like if I don't get it now, I never will. Because part of me was going to get it when it was on sale for Black Friday. Because it, it was on sale for a pretty good deal. I have Costco, so I can get like a five-year warranty on it through Costco. Um, so, and that's the other thing, too. is like, it might happen soon. It might happen soon. It's like, but but I have it, I have it now. It's like, I can keep holding on to it, I guess. But I don't know. I feel like if I feel like if I don't pull the trigger on it, then I, I won't ever have it. So if you have insight into like an actual time frame, then we can then we can talk. Then we can talk. But anyway, uh, let's see. Geek Truth tag say Best Buy operates on the wing and a prayer shipping method. Many steelbook casualties over the oh yeah, absolutely, and that's why I I try my best to always pick up the physical media in store. Because it's the only way you can ever really be sure of, of whether or not the film is is going to be worth it or not. Or rather, if the film is going to be in good condition or not. Yeah, I, I don't trust them typically to ship anything. So it's... Which is really sad because they're such a giant corporation. They're such a giant chain. They should be able to have that down pat at this point. But no, they don't. Alright, for sci-fi. The Jumanji Steelbook coming in all messed up seems like kind of it seems kind of fitting roll the dice again and don't forget to say jumanji just make sure it's your turn Ooh, i like that i i like that reference i do i do i do Ooh. all right kigo rogers let's say uh let's see he tagged to say wait six months to a year because lg and other companies are introducing nano oled which means aktv is on the horizon get an affordable 4k tv now at less than $500 if you must. But no, that uh, here's okay, here's the thing. I'm not waiting for 8K. I'm just not going to do it. To me, 8K is it's not worth it. Like even people that have the early iterations of 8K who are honest say there's very little difference and it really comes down to the law of diminishing returns. You you look at the jump from 480p DVD up to 1080p Blu-ray, massive jump massive difference you look up to the difference between blu-ray and 4k difference big difference not nearly as big as the previous one right especially because the 4k disc specifically just can hold more data which means that you can get a higher quality image which means also you have the ability to have things like hdr and you know color grading all that kind of stuff 4k to 8k at that point it's like what really are you adding what really are you adding at that point? So I would say I, I have no interest in AK whatsoever. And as I said, like, I, I just want to have a legit 4K TV that looks beautiful. That, I, that, I, that I'll be able to have for at least five years. Because again, if I get it through Costco, I get a five-year warranty. So I'm, I'm more willing to, to do that. Because... If I if I'm ever gonna go like, you know, sky is the limit crazy, I'm gonna get like an actual legit home theater setup. Like I'm gonna actually save and be like, I'm gonna get a legit theater projector. I'm gonna get like a legit sound system. That that's gonna take years, likely. But uh, I'm not I'm not waiting for AK nonsense. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Jason Edmondstein, 70 BB, isn't that much for a company, 70 billion, sorry, 
I was like, BB. Uh, 70 billion isn't that much for a company with 9 billion annual revenue. Huh? Uh, for pure software, that is less than eight times valuation. Two years ago, they would have sold for $100 billion. Uh, I, I think I, I may have missed some things there. Uh, Moodyon, what's going on? Welcome. Uh, Andrew Hayes, tagged to say, Hello, kind sir. I see Peacemaker is your topic discussion for today. I've only seen the first two episodes, and I find it tedious and boring. The edgy humor seems desperate. Yeah, and I, I guess I'll touch upon that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like it. I don't like Peacemaker. You know, I've watched the first three episodes, and after just 10, 15 minutes into the first episode, my ori- my initial thought was, it's almost as if this show was made to tick me off. <laughs> it was almost like James Gunn knew I'd be watching the show and said, hmm, what can I write that will just grind Odin's gears? Because, yeah, that's one of the biggest things. It's, it's not the edginess of the humor. It's that it's not funny. It, it's something that, you know, James Gunn keeps doing the same thing. He, he's a one-trick pony, you know. He had, he had huge, massive success with Guardians of the Galaxy. And ever since then, he's never been able to match up. And to me, the lowest that he's hit so far, as far as the films are concerned, was The Suicide Squad, which I still don't understand how people were able to defend that movie. It was just, it was not funny. It was not funny at all. The story didn't make any sense. And now this show just reiterates those same points over and again. You know, it's the same nonsense. If you watch wrestling, there there is a chant that goes, you know, basically SOS. Same old crap. Only the word's not crap. And that, that's what we're getting from James Gunn now. Hardwick says the villains of the new Scream movie were radicalized by yeah I saw this I saw this uh, Hardwick yeah so for anyone also wondering why I I have just medutes about this Scream film being as good as some of their hardcore fans are saying yeah apparently the villains were radicalized by toxic movie fans on internet message boards it's like rewriting Ripley video about RK outpost but as a horror movie yep that is what they think. That is what they think of us. Muniam, I gotta say, Peacemaker is one of my favorite comic series ever already after three episodes. Loving the pacing combination of characters like Vigilante. Okay, well, I'm glad that you like it. I don't. I don't I don't get that. It's the same old crap. I, I'm still waiting for DC to get their stuff together when it comes to the live action. Because I, I just haven't seen it yet. I just honestly haven't seen it. Anything connected to, to their DCEU is just not been delivering other than Shazam. <laughs> Like Shazam was the only thing that I found entertaining at, at all or or ever thought I could ever want to rewatch. Um, I'm glad that you're liking it, though. I'm glad that you're like, I just I don't get it. Let's see. Nathan Slay. Uh, this is probably going to get me shot. But Donnie Brasco is a fantastic gangster film and better than The Godfather Part 2. Haven't seen it, so I can't say whether it's better or not. However, I mean, most consider Godfather Part Two to be one of the greatest films of all time, so that's a pretty heavy statement. Grand Yoda, if you use the TV as a TV, not a home theater, you better off with a mini LED or or Neo QLED channel logo gets burned in OLED. I'm gonna watch movies, so I don't have really a lot to worry about when it comes to. I, I keep hearing about the burning thing too. It's like I don't see how you could get burning unless you're watching like a news channel nonstop. Because I feel like you have to, I feel like burning can only happen if you watch, like, if you're, like, watching it for 24 hours. 
which I, I if I ever watching a news of anything, usually it's a video like a YouTube video or like alt media where there aren't a lot of logos and any logos that are there are, are you know move around or disappear and it's not long enough I feel like for there to be any type of uh, burn in so ah, let us share still on the YouTubes uh, Bruce says here yeah I know nothing about Moon Knight and the trailer didn't do anything for me except confuse yeah uh, I heard a lot of positive things about it though Soul Assassin, what's going on? Marcus Cato, what's up, bruv? How's it going? Andrew Hayes tagged and said here, wasn't that Vespa chase scene directed by Robert Rodriguez? He usually got uh, his good directing, that sort of stuff. And that's just the thing, is that it doesn't matter who's directing it. It doesn't matter who's directing it. At this point, it's just there are too many powerful forces behind it that clearly have control and are in my opinion, just derailing any process that any director would have. Or at the very least, they're influencing they're influencing these directors enough for them to make something below their standard, below what they could. Let's see, whoever sci-fi, I wanted to I wanted the Grand Tour guys to show up on those space Vespas. They uh, those look like something they would make uh, for a challenge. Crazy Mirrors reminded me of what Jeremy Clarkson did on Top Gear. I don't know much about Top Gear, so I can't really speak to it. Uh, Hardwick. Originally, Moon Knight just kept multiple secret identities. Later, they retconned him to have multiple personality disorder. He was picked to be a champion of justice by an Egyptian god. Interesting. I don't don't know much about the character. Snorbibus Guber, who's a member, says, I've seen motorized shopping carts that are faster than those (laughs) Vespas. Yeah, seriously. Going back to the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, it's just, oh, it was so slow. Nearside Cyclops, what's up? How's it going? Someone said facts. Uh, Dave Myers just said bye. Okay. Odd. Uh, Andrew Hayes, politicians should use an A or an F next to their name rather than R and D. A for authoritarian and F for freedom. Pretty much. Pretty much. You know, or, or even just a U, right, for the uniparty. Because it really just comes down to Uniparty, who are for, you know, the endless wars, military-industrial complex, uh, trying to control every aspect of your life. <sighs> yep. Yeah, it's on both sides. Forever Sci-Fi, I'd rather Daredevil stay gone. Disney would probably have Karen become the new Daredevil in the season four. I would agree. Yeah, absolutely, Forever Sci-Fi. That's a good shout. I, I say the same thing, actually, about Alita Battle Angel. As much as I would love a sequel to Alita Battle Angel... I don't trust Disney, who now is going to be the one behind the project as they own 20th Century, all the 20th Century Studios, 20th Century Fox properties. I don't trust them. I do not trust Disney to do any justice to it. What's any justice to it whatsoever? And everyone's like, yeah, but if they are still able to get Robert Robert Rodriguez, oh, Robert Rodriguez, you mean the guy that just did the Power Rangers Space Vespas? That guy? clearly can be implicated, clearly can be influenced by really bad decision-making, really bad ideas. So, yeah, I don't trust him either. If he was directing it, if James Cameron was back as a producer, doesn't matter. As long as Disney's involved, I do not want a Alita Battle Angel 2. I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, let's see, Forever Sci-Fi said, Gary said he'll do the one-chip challenge. How about you, Odin? I don't I don't know what the one-chip challenge is. 
Explain. Explain. Hardwick, the Vespa gang, came across like Robert Rodriguez borrowed a cyborg street gang from his lead-up movie, but made over with the aesthetics and style of a Spy Kids movie. Yeah, it was a weird mixture of stuff. That's actually a good shout about the Spy Kids stuff. Yeah, I always forget that Rodriguez did the Spy Kids movies. It's like, how does he have such a range of stuff? Uh, G-Monkey tag said s school was the witcher they turned into which ah okay 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 gotcha 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 yeah i mean he's so briefly he's so briefly in the show that's why i didn't remember the character name all right <laughs> yeah explanations always help that are always very very helpful Context is key, as I like to say. Geek Truth 64 tagged to say, Wayne's World Steelbook is only on Blu-ray, no 4K, but it got a nice orange steelbook. Okay, cool, cool, cool. It's not very it's not very common that they release just Blu-ray steelbooks these days, uh, but it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. For, I don't know why a studio would ever want to uh, <laughs> release uh, release that film on 4K or, or put the money in to make a 4k transfer of that not because it's not a bad it's not because it's not a good movie it's just again there's certain films that make sense to be released on 4k and then there's other other films that it really aren't laura i thought i saw that you said that you had to go uh so thank you for being here thank you for being a friend we don't talk to about bruno as he says or as uh as laura says excuse me hardwick let's see he says, which of the following is more iconic villain line? I am the Senate or I am the science. Well, seeing that one is fictional and one actually happened in the real world, I'm going to go with Dr. Anthony Fauci's I am the science. Evil. Put him on trial. Uh, Rob D. Hello, Odin. Patiently waiting to see how many theaters 355 gets dropped from this week. Ooh, Rob D. Good shout. Yeah, week three is, is the week where we see just how many. Uh, theaters actually hold on to it. I don't think a lot are going to have that film still. Really don't. All right, back over to Odyssey. Thunderduck says, Stargirl, I haven't watched as reviewed it and then stopped. I'm watching Superman Lewis now, seven episodes. Okay, sorry. I keep, I don't know why I keep seeing my name tag and it's not there. Anyway, here's Thunderduck. When Superman Lewis came out last year, the Arrowverse was woke shadow, its former self, Legends, a uh, joke, Flash, woke, female, two seasons of Batwoman, and the crisis cross uh, over. Um, Tyler Hawklin was written as beta male. No guarantee people would watch him as Superman, but I see your point. And again, I don't know if you're getting the point here. They had still had good seasons of multiple shows on that network before. Disney Plus does not have the same. Period. <laughs> again, I... Stay hopeful if you want to stay hopeful. I'm just saying that the comparison that you came up with does not work. That's all I'm saying. That is all I am saying. By the way, you mentioned, uh, I saw you mentioned Stargo. I, I like Stargo. Stargo was good. The NFT says, the, uh, the Godfather is returning to theaters for its 50th anniversary with a 4K restoration next month. Another movie to add to your queue. Ooh, yeah. Nice shout. Very nice shout. Let's see. Awesome one tagged and said, I need a 13-inch 4K TV. 13 inches? Come on now. How dare you? How dare you do that? <laughs> Just with the red shirt. Tad to say, did you get a new 4K or 8K HDMI cable along with the new 4K TV? You need one. So again, I've not gotten it yet. 
I'm st- I'm still waiting on on the final final funds to come in, but uh, I'll be getting soon. So here's the thing: is that it, it's not going to be 8K again. No, it's not worth it. Not worth it. Uh, 4K. I, I've done a lot of research on on the 4K TVs. I, I I've watched a lot of channels that that cover this stuff, and in the end, 4K cables aren't nearly as important as some people say. And I can actually confirm this because I remember I was having issues. I had just gotten a new 4K player and it was with my older 4K TV and I was having some issues. I ended up opting for like $50 cables, like a $50, one singular $50 HDMI cable, and it did nothing. There was no difference whatsoever. So even though it was the same issue, because clearly it was the TV that was the problem, the fact that there was not even a difference, not even any visible difference whatsoever, tells me that, yeah, the whole thing about, oh, make sure you get lit, no, like... I could see that being a problem or, or mattering if you're having like maybe 8K content, but to me, it's like all I'm, all I'm gonna check for with my, you know, with one, I'm gonna try the HDMI cables that I already have because they're all, you know, already set for, uh, you know, what 4K movies are, are typically gonna need. Because again, here's the other thing: I'm not a gamer, so it might be that some people are saying the 8K and and all that stuff because they're they're gamers and that stuff matters or is gonna be more impactful. I'm not a gamer. I'm a very casual gamer. I I want to. I'm going to use the TV for movies. I'm going to use it for movies the way it should be used. Uh, Giga Tree 64. If you have space for a larger screen in your room, I have a 4K short throw projector that has great picture. Short throw projector. I don't know what that means. Guess that means like a short distance. But again, I just don't trust uh, projectors. I just don't. Adult Snortapupus, who's a member, says, when you have to build a new house to fit your TV, you've got, <laughs> you've gone a bit overboard. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah, not, not something I could ever do. Jenna Wingster, Odin, don't you listen to the clowns in the, don't you listen, don't listen to the clowns in the chat. It's not the size of your TV. It's how you use it, probably. No, I actually would agree with that sentiment. I would actually agree with that statement. Yeah. Uh, which is why I, I'm not listening. The only, the only person I will listen to on this so far that has made a fair point however still lacking is Mr. Roy by saying that the LG C2 is about to come out and that the LG C1 will go on sale however uh, he did not give me any specific dates on that so (laughs) and again a five year warranty on LG C1 I can see that the LG C2 would be better in certain... Obviously, it's I'd say it's more about saving money than anything else. But again, if I have... And I guess the mindset also would be, well, if it's on sale, maybe you could then use the use the same amount that you have to get... You know, maybe the 65-inch would come down to that kind of a price. Maybe, but again... I... I uh, the 50-inch TV I have, the size is, is great. That that's never been the issue. It's just been the fact that it can't play actual 4K content. <laughs> can't play real 4K content. All right, you might have an impressive cold tolerance, but be careful. You can still get frostbitten. <laughs> oh, you. Forever Sci-Fi's member says, you got a reprieve from the mandate, but do any of your students meow? What? I don't quite I don't quite understand the rest of that, but <laughs> uh let's see, Rob D. 
Tagged, I got a Red Baron stuffed crust pizza with pepperoni in the oven for dinner tonight. Rob D, yes. Yes, rock that pizza. Rock me, rock me, rock me. Sexy pizza. Yeah, I went there. Rosie G12, hail to you, Rosie. Thank you. Nah, nah, that isn't Chad. Laura, have a good night. Oh, that's great. Let's see. Biffer to Hobbit says, Danny Radcliffe will be playing Real Yankee. I saw that, Biffer. I just saw that before the stream started. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that casting, to be honest. Because Radcliffe is actually a lot more talented than a lot of people give him credit for. I mean, the fact that the dude's already been on Broadway and actually did a good job. I actually got to see him. Uh, I've actually, <laughs> weird fact about me, when I was in college, I lived in New York, and uh, before it got as, as bad as it is now, long before that time, before the war, um, and I, one of the things I loved doing was going to see movies and then going to see plays and uh, musicals, because you, as a student up there, could get a lot of really cheap tickets. You could go see plays for like 25 bucks, and for a Broadway show, that that's that's pretty great. So I, I saw <laughs> anyone who knows anything about theater will, will understand some of the <laughs> issues with the first one. I got to see him in Equus. Saw Daniel Radcliffe in Equus. That was an awkward experience. And then I also got to see him in uh, the musical How to Succeed in Business without really trying. And he was great. He, he sang well. Danced well. Like, it was a great show. So, he's a very talented individual. So, I would not be surprised if he actually pulls it off. It's a weird casting, especially since he's a shorter guy. And Weird Al, I've never checked his height, but I'm pretty sure he's a taller fella. I don't know. Uh, Luca, AK, I'm still on 1080. I know, seriously. And for most people, Blu-ray is going to be totally fine, you know? Let's see. Rob D. I will go absolutely ballistic if AK Blu-rays come out in the next year. Doubt they will ever, though. I think we hit the max on disk space and read-write speeds. I, I, I agree. As I said, AK to me comes across more as a gimmick. Because as I said, even people who are honest to have the first iteration of AK TV say there's such a, a, a marginal difference between the two. And I think that it's going to come down... Again, going back to my original point, it's the law of diminishing returns. You know, you upgrade the quality and you get to a certain point where you just can't upgrade anymore. Like, to me, AK is is on the same equivalency of, and again, this is just my own perspective on it, it's the same, it, it, it's the equivalent of the 3D TV. You know, it, it's the newest thing, it's, it's expensive, it has some interesting, cool features in it, but ultimately, it, it doesn't ever really take off because of price and because of, of lack of available content. Now, as I said, I don't know the 8K from the from any gaming perspective. I don't know it from any gaming perspective. So maybe there is something to be said about 8K with gaming, but for as far as movies are concerned, again, the, the difference to me does not make any sense and does not justify uh, any, you know, spending that kind of a money on that. Yes, that kind of a money. I don't know why I said that. Harwick says, Did you know that the adage that with great power comes great responsibility originated from the story of the Sword of Damocles? I did not know that. But, hey, that actually makes uh, that makes makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. 
Forever Sci-Fi is a member. The Punisher Steelbook looks really good, but the movie wasn't that great. I might get that as a deck. Oh, yes. Actually, I, I, did, I picked that one up as well. So, yeah, the Punisher, the original Punisher with... I still can't believe. Yeah, with Thomas Jane and... Um, John Travolta. I still can't believe John Travolta is in that movie. I think Kevin Nash, the wrestler, is also in that film too. One of the earlier film roles that he did before Magic Mike, <laughs> where his career just took off. Uh, Slicer, pardon me for a minute. I need to declare screen rant excommunicado for not making a pitch meeting today. Rage quit. Oh, is today the normal day they do it? That makes me sad. You got a movie for me? Hardwick says, is Peacemaker anything like Team America World Police? No, because Team America World Police is raunchy but funny. Whereas Peacemaker is raunchy but not funny at all. So <laughs> I would say it's nothing like it, except for the raunchiness. Uh, Justin the Redshirt says, the Godfather movies are to the mafia what Gone with the Wind is to the Civil War. Romanticized. Hmm. Interesting. Awesome one says, YouTube is listening. Got three Boba Fett Vespa video recommendations. No awesome one. No. No. Bruce, those Vespa gang were added sor- sorely for the, sorely for the, solely for the Asian, solely for the a- Asian audience. I knew that when I saw the one with the rear view mirrors on it, a very Asian thing. Oh, interesting. Okay. Pandering, Bruce says. Pandering to the Asian audience. Interesting. Do they even have a do they even have a heavy presence in the Asian market? Is Disney Plus even available in the Asian market? I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know this. Howard says, "Did you see the Tamara Morrison interview where he said he wanted Boba Fett to have less dialogue and be more mysterious, but John Favreau demanded more dialogue?" Again, it sounds like Tamara Morrison has a, a much better grasp on the character. Not to mention, again, I think it's a bit of an issue when, and this is not an attack on him at all, but. One of the issues that comes up when he's talking, especially when he's talking with his helmet off, of all things, is that we see the dentures. And it's it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant at all. Uh, Illich says, Space Vespas. Are we talking about the Italian SF movie? Again, every time I say Vespa, all I can think of is uh, Princess Vespa. Princess Vespa, daughter of King Roland, walking right past the altar, heading down the and heading down the aisle and out the door. Ah, Spaceballs. <laughs> Spaceballs? Well, there goes the planet. Love that movie. That's all I can think of when I hear Vespa. Vespa. Vespa, my darling. Favorite sci-fi. One chip challenge is a super spicy potato chip made with Carolina Reaper. I'd be willing to, but I don't. I, I wouldn't know anything about where to get it. Dark Shadow Logan, what's going on, bro? Uh, Disney is the EA of the movie and TV industry. They buy up companies and IPs like EA does with games, ruin the IPs and com- and companies for a quick cash grab. Yep. That sounds about right. G-Man. I know it's been uh, 12 minutes, but thank you very much for the $5 super chat. He says, were the Space Vespas supposed to be a reference to Princess Vespa? Oh, my. Here it is. Here it is. G-Man, you read my mind. (laughs) Reference to Princess Vespa from Spaceballs. These Easter eggs are getting more and more obscure. If only, if only it was a reference to Spaceballs. Then, then, 
it would have been worth it. I would be praising the show if they went that deep, if they went that deep to have Vespas in the show as a reference to Princess Vespa, I would I would be praising them. But unfortunately, no, they're they're not that clever. And that's something that only people like us, G-Man, would even ever think about would ever even come to our head. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I just saw this comment. This is great. King of Rogers says, I think Odin has promoted the 355 more than the production company. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, I guess bad press is still press, right? <laughs> I guess that's the mindset. Uh, over on Odyssey. Thank you again, everyone watching Odyssey. 11 people, light up that fire button on Odyssey. Thunderduck says, it's fun to disagree with you. It really is. I do see your point. But like Mysterio said in Far From Home during the illusion scene, deep down, you know I'm right. No, Thunderduck. How dare you? No. Just face it, okay? How clear do I have to be, okay? You're wrong. Look at my tiny hands. You're wrong. I do have tiny hands. That is a fact. <laughs> Oh, man. It is, it is it's fun to go back and forth, though. All right. Let's see. Hardwick tag to say, was season two of Stargirl good? I heard they brought back Starman at the end of season one. Was worried they turned him into a villain in season two. I, to be honest, I fell so far behind because of the pandemic of fear that I didn't even know that they released season two. I've only ever seen the first season, and I like the first season. Remember, Sci-Fi member says Super Bowl is coming up. Isn't there usually the best time to buy a TV? Also, Samsung is way better than LG and other companies. Only Sony comes close to the same quality. Uh, not from what I hear. Uh, when it comes to image quality for movies and the movie watching experience, uh, the two companies that are talked about are actually LG and Sony. Samsung's not even really in the discussion uh, as far as uh, OLED technology with uh, TV specifically. Um, for, for movie watching specifically. Again, obviously I know Samsung is into the OLED screen making and everything. Um, but yeah, cause, uh, the two TVs that I was really, I was really going down to, I think it was like the, was it the 80 J or the 90 J from, from Sony. And it's because apparently the audio literally like comes from the screens. And so like the, the picture quality is just about there. It's the same, it's similar OLED technology, but the, the audio experience is apparently a lot better. That being said, Again, John Flick, John Flickinger. Again, he's my boy. He he swears by the he swears by the LGs. See, Andrew Hayes, do you have any interest in watching Death on the Nile, Dog, or Uncharted? All three are slated for release this February. Uh, Uncharted, not really, because I've never played the game, and the poster just doesn't look very impressive. Uh, Death on the Nile, yes. In fact, if I if I can, if I actually have the time to go see the film, I will. That's the biggest problem with me. I typically don't have the time because I'm working full-time as a teacher. And then I'm a full-time, you know, not full-time dad. But then I come home and I'm dad. So, yeah. It's a whole thing. Forever Sci-Fi. There was a teacher that says she got fired for not mo- for not meowing back at a student. Oh, oh, Forever Sci-Fi. Okay. I remember hearing about that story. Oh, yeah. That's insane. That is insane. And luckily, I don't have any of that nonsense. Luckily, I do not have any of that nonsense. Let's see. The new number two says, how's your snow situation down there? I got about 20 inches up here. We don't really get snow. We're, we're at the southern part of, of Tennessee, 
And uh, it's sad we don't get a lot of snow. The the mountain does. So, like, we have Lookout Mountain and uh, Signal Mountain. The mountains will get snow. We don't. We got some, like, snowfall. Like, we could see the snow falling. It was pretty. It didn't stick. We didn't get any of it. Hardwick, have you seen the 1960s film version of How to Seed the Business without really trying? I enjoyed it quite a bit. I believe so. That's the one with, uh, oh, I, f- I forgot his name, but he was the original Nutty Professor. If that was the one, then yes. GMX86 says, saw Harry Potter. <laughs> I saw Harry Potter too. <laughs> yes, I, I, I saw, I saw, I saw him uh, in the words of the movie Airplane. Naked. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Actually. Because I've seen Equus, yes. <laughs> and it was weird. <laughs> it was bizarre. Uh, anyway, let's see. David L. says, 4K, 4K UHD or bust. AK is fine if you have a set over 100 inches, otherwise overkill. Even then, I feel like that's overkill, you know? If, if, if you're getting a TV that large at that point, why aren't you saving up for, like, a legit projector and home theater? Like, if you have that kind of money and space, why are, why are you getting a TV is my question. Kiko Rogers tagged to say, they said the same thing about 4K compared to 2K. Give it time. They, again, there is the, I'm going to go, I'm going to say it one more time if it hasn't gone through yet, is the law of diminishing returns. Even then, when 4K was coming out, yes, there were people saying, eh, there's not much of a difference. However, we're still saying the reason why, they, they were actually able to explain why there was not much of a difference. And it was because of, as I said, the law of diminishing returns, which is because when you jump from DVD to Blu-ray, it's like night and day. When you jump from Blu-ray to 4K, there's a difference, right? There's there's more Con, like there's more quality there there is the ability to have hdr right there, there's just more information that you can store on the disc itself so you can have a much higher uh, uh file size which means you can have a much higher quality uh, just film in general but even then even when you know that it's still just from the visual perspective from actually watching it there's again not as much of a difference there's a difference but not much that not as much of a difference when you jump from 4K to 8K, again, law of diminishing returns. At this point, it's like, it's not really even worth it. It's not even really worth it at this point. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure like 10 years from now, 8K will be the standard and 8K will be cheap. That'd be all fine and dandy. Uh, when I made the comparison to the 3D TV, I wasn't saying necessarily that it was going to flop or fail. But what I am saying is that I don't think that the difference is going to be shown enough because I think the way that they're going to get people, the way that they're going to get people to get the to get the AK technology is not because of the image quality. It's going to be because of the screen size. They're going to get people because they're going to say, get a 200-inch 8K TV. And it's going to look just as good as your 75-inch 4K. But only now, because of technology, you can get a much larger screen, you know? So that's really what it comes down to. Andrew Hayes. To be honest, AK seems like a format for pros to shoot and edit with rather than format for consumers to have. Andrew Hayes, I completely agree. Uh, Rosie G12. I love movies from, from the 30s, 40s, 50s, but also 70s, 80s too. Interesting. I assume that was responding to someone. Let's see, Mr. Roy, here he is, says, since you are not a gamer, the cheaper LG A1 may be a better fit for you. It has the same picture quality as the C1, but lacks the gaming features. 
Ah, uh, yeah, I've heard about it, but I uh, but also the A one. The reason why I'm leaning towards the towards the C one is also because of the way in which it's designed. Because the stand, uh, and I again, I don't mount the TV, so um, the stand will funnel the sound out towards me, and so it will have a better it'll have better audio by default because of that. Makes sense though. Andrew Hayes, yes, Kevin Nash played the Russian in the Punisher movie. Don't forget the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie. Oh, I, I never saw that one, actually. Uh, Hound3000 says, Disney Plus already arrived in Malaysia a few months back. Interesting. Nice. Hardwick says here, Princess Vespa still doesn't look Druish to me. Ah, <laughs> oh, great. A Druish princess. Funny. She doesn't look Druish. What a great film. All right, we are at the end of times. Let me finish. Not the end of time. The end of the show. So let's go ahead and read these last comments. Andrew Hayes says, Boba Fett should never have his helmet off. Every time he takes his helmet off, I go all cringe face. Yeah, especially when he talks after the fact. It's like if he took the helmet off and then didn't say anything and just looked menacing, okay. Um, but instead he talks and that's like dentures. Ugh. Uh, so I was asked, the Spaceballs taught me to order the soup instead of the special. <laughs> Get this guy some Pepto Bismol. <laughs> oh no, not again. Oh, rest in peace. Let's see. If ever sci-fi. Uh, most of Disney Star Wars has been based off of Prince Valium instead. Yes. I love the reference. Yes. Or or is it Princess Valium? <laughs> Princess Valium. Sorry. It's the hair. <laughs> uh, great, great film. Rob D says, John Panette was almost was also in the 2004 Punisher with John Travolta. I watched it recently. Wait a minute. John Panette's in it? That I did not pick up on. Well, now I'm excited because, I, as I said, I pre-ordered the Punisher 4K Steelbook. So, cannot wait <laughs> to see that. Uh, let's see. Jacob Ironside, hail to you, Papa Cody. Uh, no, not funny at all, actually. The Washington joke. Not funny at all. Glad that you liked it. I didn't. Bruce says, all all Vespa gangs, context all the mirrors, ha- I've seen the films with Italians having tons of mirrors on them as well, but I like the Princess Vespa reference. <laughs> if only were- yeah, seriously. If only it were true. Hardwick, have you seen the fan film Punisher Dirty Laundry starring Thomas Jane? Yes. Yes, I have. And it's fantastic. It is fantastic. It shows. It goes to show you that Thomas Jane would have been a great Punisher if he was in a better film. I actually like the original film, to be honest. Not that it's a great film, but I enjoy it for what it is. But it could have been a lot better. Luca, it's getting late, so yeah, I'm I'm about to head off as well. You have a blessed and wonderful week, too. Victor Fontaine, what is going on? Uh, welcome to the chat. He says, the movie room has too many windows. Had to go with a Sony 65-inch LED, and it's been great with localized dimming. Yeah, I've heard great things about like the QLED technology and everything, but I want the OLED. I want the OLED. Here it's great for HDR and all that stuff. Harwick, the movie of How to Seed Business starred Robert Morse. The name professor was played by Jerry Lewis. See the so the How to Seed Business that I saw had Jerry Lewis in it. Let's see. Forever Sci-Fi says, uh, basically, whenever you buy a TV, you need to go into a store and look. Everybody's eyes are different. This is very true. Very very true. Probably a good idea for me as well. Uh, Paul, you have one film tonight to pick to sit down and watch to make you feel better or get you out of a funk and change your mood. What is it? Peace and God bless. Uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Part one or two. In fact, no. One, two, or three. I love all three. I love all three. 
Uh, David L. points out that a projector will never produce the black the way plasma OLED will. I still prefer the black of the top plasma. Well, that's the thing is that uh, there are some that are pretty close, though. Uh, for instance, there are the Dolby Cinema theaters out there, which use like laser technology, and man, oh man, it looks fantastic. So if that eventually goes down to consumer level, consumer grade, that is what I would be putting into like a legit home theater. That's like, if again, that's the dream. That is the dream. The new number two. You're speaking of the sound quality from the TVs. Do you plan on not, not planning on getting a sound bar? Not initially. Uh, I th- down the line, I would like to get one because I hear great things about it. But I've heard good things about the native speakers on the LG C1. Jacob Ironside, there's only so much image quality that a human can see. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, all right, I do need to wrap things up. Jacob Ironside, there's only so much. Oh, sorry, I got that already. Sherry Allen, what's going on, Sherry? Jumping on me. Boba Fett wanted to talk uh, wanted to talk less, as he said. It's not the real Boba Fett. Yeah. Hardwick then says, Hey, uh, have you seen the original 1989 version of The Punisher starring Dolph Lundgren? I have not seen that one. All right. That is all the time that I have for this evening. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thunderduck over on Odyssey says, What Disney Plus show would you say is the best or worst? How would you rank them? I wouldn't, work th- I wouldn't really rank them at all, to be perfectly honest. I, I, I don't think any of them are worth watching again. And, and to me, if they're not even worth watching again, then it's like, there's no point. You know, I, I think you maybe make an argument that there were a few episodes in the first couple of seasons of The Mandalorian. That's it. That, that That's all you got. And really, it was like the first season, there were a few episodes. And and that's like really all you can really say about it. It's not It's not a good situation overall. So, again... I, I I appreciate your comparison that you made, but it's just wrong at this point. So don't get your hopes up is what I'm going to say to that. But for everyone else, thank you all very much for being here this evening. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and uh, thank you all very much for the love and support. Please make sure you smash the like button, like that fire button on Odyssey. Also, again, shout out to the Valks for, even though they were not here tonight, shout out to them. Hope that they are doing well after listening back to this. Much love to y'all. Hope everyone is uh, doing okay. Again, they're fine. It's, again, just other stuff going on. So, hope everyone is doing well and hope everyone is doing swimmingly. Uh, and, yeah, thank you again for, for all your love and support, especially the last few weeks with, with uh, the Supreme Court case, waiting on the uh, answer for that. Everyone's show of love and support there really did mean a lot to me. And so, um, again, just thank you from the very bottom of my heart. I do want to shout out Jonathan, who is my newest member over on Patreon, if not added to the uh, Patreon end video yet, but I wanted to shout you out. Good sir. Anyway, You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my January Patreon subscribe star and Locals members. Starting first off with Locals, shout out to Kara Tharp, UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson, Bifford the Hobbit, and Robert Barnes. Thank you all very much for supporting me over on the Locals platform. Also a shout out to my subscribe star people, UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson once again, Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, Stan 4, John B, Mr. Rule. 
Elroy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss slash the new number two, J-Rod, the beer guru, and ZK-Man. Thank you all very much for supporting me over on the Subscribestar uh, platform. And lastly, to my Patreon supporters, my uh, 30 Patreon supporters over there, animation commentator Brandon, let's go Brandon, Brian P., Christopher Bowman, Father Christopher Miller, hail to you Father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Her- uh, Hannibal Grimm, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, uh, Gomer Kyle, 79, Lance, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Rosetta Allen, Stan Andrian, Miss Martin Muses, Theodore Benden, and Tina Bojan, and of course, Tina B., the Empress of the Universe. Thank you all so very much for your love and for your support. And if you want your name shouted out at the end of every live stream and at the end of every video, please make sure that you support me over on a Patreon, Subscribe Star, or on Locals. Also, you get a ton of other goodies if you support at the Army of Asgard level and above. Starting at the Army of Asgard level, you get access to various giveaways that I do during the month, including various 4K titles. Uh, many of them 4K Steelbook titles, and so if you want access to that, check out the Army of Asgard level on those platforms specifically. You also get access, once you are a Keeper of the Bifrost level member, to that, plus a podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger, where you actually get to ask us questions, and also, of course, get access to that, and the library of previous podcast episodes. We're up to about 33 episodes now that we have uh, been able to do. I think most of those episodes now at this point, we've actually done it together, which has been a lot of fun. And of course, you can join at the Chosen of Valhalla live stream, Chosen of Valhalla, Chosen of Valhalla live stream level, where you get access to not only all of those things, but also you get access to be featured on the channel once a month during the Chosen of Valhalla live stream with the other Chosen members, which is always a lot of fun. Also, during your first month, you get a free t-shirt sent anywhere in the world. You just let me know your size let me know the t-shirt that you want from the store over on teespring or on Public, whichever you prefer and i will gladly send that out to you if you're at that level anyway you guys are all amazing and beautiful people hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day and as always god bless